Welcome to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's On the Wing podcast. We have a bonus episode for you today. Uh, insert your favorite sports analogy. It's the bottom of the ninth, and you need three runs. It's it's a buzzer beater shot, and you're on the three point line taking that that trifecta. It's a two point two point two minute warning, and you need to score a touchdown. That's what we are in right now. It is the end of the pheasant hunting season coming up as we close out the month of January. Uh, it's it, we, we got South Dakota closing this Sunday, Nebraska closing this Sunday, Kansas closing this Sunday. So we're going to do a quick hit an episode, ninth inning episode with Jared Wickland, Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's public relations manager, fresh off a visit to South Dakota where he hunted the second to the last weekend. So for folks that are en route right now to their favorite pheasant hunting destination still open, we're going to talk with Jared about what he did and if he found success. So Jared, how are we doing? Hey, Bob. I'm great. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me back on podcast for a little upland extra here I'm, I'm happy to happy to be here and talk a little bit about my experience that was uh what four days ago where'd you go um i i decided to go to aberdeen south dakota and one of the reasons why i typically go to aberdeen when i when i visit south dakota to go pheasant hunting is is just the amount of public land they have uh, their bird numbers are typically uh, pretty good, and uh, there's a lot of lot of places you can explore, a lot of rooster haunts, and at, or maybe as Tom Carpenter, our editor, calls them, hell holes that you can find at the end of the season that uh, are going to hold a bird or two. And uh, it was a really quick trip, you know. It it uh, I left Thursday morning at 4:30 a.m. and I got back home. Friday evening last week at 12:15 a.m. So it was a very it was a very quick trip. Um, I decided to come back. There, there was a little bit of snow coming through. I didn't want to drive in it. Um, they didn't quite know how much was coming, and and uh, I wanted to to get back home and, and take care of things in the home front. But it was a very very rewarding trip. And were you hunting? Um public land well i know you were hunting public land so what kind of public lands were you hunting um i i typically focus on walking and crep um throughout the season when i'm there uh but the crep uh lands conservation reserve enhancement program and specifically aberdeen pheasant coalition that uh, chapters and businesses in aberdeen have contributed to to, to get new crp signups and enrolled in the crep program from the standpoint of winter habitat and access, I'm a true believer that the South Dakota CREP, James River CREP program is probably one of, if not the best public access program in the country, especially when it comes to winter habitat. I mean, a lot of it's cattails. Um, there also is a lot of uh, wheatgrass and other enrollments in there that our chapters help put in the landscape for nesting habitat. But when you're talking 
talking winter habitat, it has a lot of cattails and has just a lot of thick cover reed canary grass, which is what I'm looking for 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 a late late season affair. So, talk a little bit about where you found the birds. Then you know you were looking for. Uh, as tar as carp put it, hell holes. You were looking for canary grass. Um, what were the conditions for folks that are driving out there? You know, was there much snow on the ground when you were there? Was it windy? Was it calm? And where were the birds? Yep. So um, Thursday when I got out there, um, the the conditions were a little bit rough. Um, there was a twenty mile an hour northwest wind uh, that was uh, pretty pretty chilling to the bone. Um, and then I used a lot of layers that day. Uh, it was, uh, there was no sun, uh, on Thursday when I got there. And, uh, as far as snowpack goes, there's a little bit of leftover snowpack, which makes things really, really crunchy and really hard. Every slough, uh, that I went to was complete, completely frozen with a lot of ice. So I, I really wasn't worried about falling through or anything like that, that typically you think about maybe a little bit earlier in the winter season, but, uh, I focus basically on crep lands on, on, on big ones. Um, I did some scouting on Onyx before I went and I dropped some pins the last time I was there on places I couldn't access cause it wasn't frozen at that time. And, uh, I was picking cattail sloughs, reed canary grass, um, switch grass, those types of things, really thick cover, uh, some small tree rows that were located adjacent to, crop fields, uh, either bean stubble or corn stubble. Um, nearly all the fields were wide open. And uh, by focusing on those and, and looking for seclusive areas too, getting really far away from the parking lot, because those those birds have been chased now uh, since the middle of October. And they're, they're pretty keen to, you know, car doors closing, um, any other sound that that's that's going to set them off. So I, I parked on a two track on the on the first crep area that I found, and actually right when I pulled up, uh, three roosters blew out of the two track that was covered in cattails on both sides. So I kind of had an idea that I was in the right place, and where they headed to uh, was the exact same place I had marked on my map that I wanted to get to. It was a frozen over cattail slough right next to um, an adjacent bean field. And it was in the very back of a uh, probably three quarter section. It was a really, really big piece. And uh, that, that seemed to be where the birds were hiding. Hmm. You know, I've, we've talked um, all season long about the number of people that have been using public land and being out hunting this year, which is a wonderful thing. But I, you know, I, I haven't, uh, I didn't get to South Dakota to, end the season here in January, my assumption was with all the pressure and all the hunting, there wouldn't be all that many roosters left, especially on the public lands. But as we talked, when you got back, you saw roosters everywhere you stopped. It was just a matter of getting close to them, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I saw roosters and hens everywhere I stopped. And it was, it was pretty crazy both days, and I'll, I'll kind of give a breakdown. Um, you know, that first day we talked about, it was windy, it was cold outside, and I kept the wind in my face as a way, uh, especially with the, with the hard-packed snow, crusty snow that was pretty loud, as a way to kind of cover cover up my sound a little bit and get close. And there, there was Ooh. actually a, a, a fair amount of roosters. The first group that I flushed um, with the dogs when we got to – 
um, this, this crep area on Thursday had, I don't know, I think there was probably four or five roosters and probably three times as many hens um, that got up. And I, I took, took the first, the first bird that got up was a rooster. Um, and I, I harvested him and uh, we kept, kept working around the section um, and trying to work birds to a corner after they flushed um, and uh, just kept flushing a lot of birds. And it was interesting when you got to about 3.30 or 4 o'clock each day, um, I'd be driving around visiting crep areas that I had marked uh, already in my, in my Onyx and I put them on my Maps app so I could go from one to the next and the next, just kind of checking out what, what was there. Um, both of the crep areas that I went to the birds were just running across the road, flying back and forth, uh, you know, from being in corn stubble back into the cover for the evening. Um, it was it was very encouraging to see the number of birds. And I know I told you this earlier, but just to repeat, um, b- between Thursday morning when I got there and uh, Friday evening when I left, um, between flushing birds, uh, pointed birds, and, and, and just birds that I saw moving back and forth between cover and food, I easily saw a couple hundred. Um, mm. It was it was a lot, and it kind of blew my mind because they, like you said, they've been chased all year. But uh, it was it it was um, it, it was pre- pretty nice to see, especially going into a winter where they haven't had much snow yet. There's a little bit there, like I said, it's hard packed, but for the most part, they've had it pretty easy, and the fields are wide open for them to feed in. Mm. You're a guy that has both a a flushing dog and a pointing dog. You've got a Jackson, a pointer who is what, probably seven years old. Uh, he'll be actually, he'll be turning nine here. He's be an old man. Wow. he'll be turning nine in <laughs> February. <laughs> and then and then you've got uh, a younger black Labrador that's only two years old, I think. Yep. Yep. Luna's too. Um, they both did, both did a great job on the hunts, but you know, especially when it was windy out, I use Luna uh, a lot more actually. Um, or sorry, excuse me. I use Jackson a lot more, um, just because it, it covered up his sound. Um, when he was working mm-hmm. into the wind, he was, he was pointing birds from, from quite, quite the distance. And then I found out on Friday, uh, you know, Friday, Friday morning, I was using him right away. And the, uh, the conditions were great. I had about a 15 mile an hour Northwest wind again. And then about halfway through the morning, I had two birds right away on Friday, um, which was, which was great. And I thought I was going to get home early and then, and then conditions (laughs) shifted. Um, The wind shut off. The clouds gave way to just this beautiful, beautiful sunny day. Um, It became absolutely still outside and at that point, um, the the pointer the pointer and he roams pretty big. I mean, I, I let him run at you know eighty to one hundred yards typically, and uh, at at that distance, we couldn't even get close to to a group of birds. They were there, but they were all they were all taken off way in front of us. So I I switched over to Luna uh, the Black Lab at that point to try to keep keep her a bit closer to try to try to close the gap. So as I look at the forecast for, I just picked Aberdeen because that's where we're talking about based on where you hunted, pretty mild temperatures, um, low 30s. Uh, It's going to be pretty windy 
closing weekend in the teens, you know, 14 miles per hour on Friday, 12 miles per hour on Saturday, uh, nine miles per hour on, on Sunday with snow in the forecast um, for Saturday. So knowing that, knowing that there's not a lot of snow on the ground, knowing that's going to be fairly windy, uh, but the temperatures are pretty moderate. Um, any uh, any strategy you would tell people to hunt in terms of winter cover versus food into the wind? Um, any tips based on on last weekend from your perspective? Yeah, a couple I think is you know right right away in the morning if it's gonna if it's gonna stay uh, cold and windy at some points. Um, I found nearly all all the birds and cattails and really heavy cover. Um, but during, during the day, especially on Friday, uh, when things started to lighten up a bit and it got a little bit warmer outside and no wind, the birds really switched from cattails and started, started hitting, um, you know, uh, wheatgrass, big blue stem, things that are uh, a little bit thinner, but there's plenty mm. of bunch grass there. Um, I found fr Friday night, almost every bird I was seeing was flying into, uh, that, that mixture of grass to roost for the evening. And when, when, so Friday night itself, I pulled into an area, I'm trying to get my last rooster after harvesting two right away in the morning. I mean, by 1030, I had two roosters on Friday. It was great. I figured I was going to be done pretty quick. And then, <laughs> you, you know, that weather switched, the birds are taken off way in front of me. And I, I thought about going home, but I said, you know, it's my last hunt. I'm, I'm going to stay and see what happens. And um, I visited a, a really big crep area where I had seen birds flying back and forth in the morning. And I just sat there and got out my binoculars on one of the two tracks. And in the very back, there was a, a bean field. And plain as day in the sun, I could see a hen sitting on a hilltop just picking, picking beans. And I got out my binoculars. And after about five minutes, I watched, I think it was either a dozen or a baker's dozen of roosters literally walk all the way across the field to that hen and we're, we're picking around with her and they walked straight into the grassy cover that, to get ready to roost for the evening and at that point i had about 20 minutes left uh, of shooting time to go after them and the same thing happened you know it was uh it was calm it was just a beautiful sunset, and I don't think we got within 100 yards. I watched them all take off. We went over there. The dog was going going nuts. I had the lab at that point uh, you know, <laughs> from the residual scent that was left, but I was watching the hillsides in front of me. There was waves of pheasants getting up, but um, at that point, I, I just couldn't get close to them. Uh, with, with all the pressure they've had and the conditions the way they were, um, we, we walked for those 20 minutes, didn't put anything up because they were all gone and uh, called it a season at that point. But um, for people that are going out, you know, if it's, if it's going to be a little bit, little bit uh, sunnier outside and warmer, they're going to be in the grassy cover. If it's going to stay cold and windy, um, I would focus on cattails. Either way, those crep pieces um, in South Dakota in the James River watershed are wonderful. And uh, I, I just can't say enough good things about them. They're, they're, they're going to help sustain birds through the winter here. Um, I'm really excited for the fact that they don't have a ton of snow right now. When I was up there, they maybe had an inch on the ground and it was frozen. Mm -hmm. They got a, maybe a dusting after I left. And, you know, right now the birds are, are fat and happy. And um, unless there's a big snowstorm coming, at which point I'd say, you know, leave them alone. But 
um, it, it looks like it could be pretty pretty nice weather through the remainder of the season here to go out and, and give yourself one more shot at late season pheasant hunting in South Dakota or elsewhere. Yeah, uh, Kansas, Nebraska also have uh, the weekend to close out as well. And, and a couple of quail seasons go a bit longer. Um, I know that for sure. You know, and, and through mid-February in places like Oklahoma and Arizona, so there's there's still some bird hunting to be had. But uh, um, this, for the most part, is the last hurrah for pheasant hunting. And as Jared just mentioned, he left at least a few in the field, some public lands that uh, that that oh, were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, any closing thoughts before we let people uh, get on the road and get to points uh, in South Dakota, Kansas, Nebraska to close out the, the January end of the pheasant hunting season? You know, I, I think late season conditions can be tough. Uh, like we just talked about, the birds are wary, but anytime you can get with your dogs in the field is a is a great time. So, um, you know, if, if people have an extra day or two of vacation here, um, you've got seasonal affective disorder setting in, in a lot of different locales, you know, up here in Minnesota, we're, we're sort of, uh, constrained now to below zero temperatures and, and ice fishing. <laughs> so it's hard to, hard to get the dogs out as much as, as we want, but, um, it's, it's still a great, it's still a great time to go. Um, there's a lot of great cover out there. We just got through a big snowstorm, um, here in, uh, went through Iowa and Nebraska, I think maybe Northern Kansas that just fell, um, uh, today, uh, on the 26th. So, um, you're going to be dealing with those types of conditions down there, but uh, farther North in South Dakota, they didn't get much snow, especially in the Northern regions. And there's a lot of birds to be had. So, um, just get out, get after it. Uh, have one more great hunt and, uh, it'll just getting out gonna, is, is going to be a successful day in my book. So. Yeah. Great words of advice. Uh, save the vitamin D supplements until February. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you got see, you got seasonal affective disorder, uh, and and most of us do in the North Country at this point. Um, get out there with your bird dogs. Great advice, Jared. Thanks for the report. No problem. No problem. I hope people uh, find some success out there. All right, folks. Um, yes, please do. Uh, let us know how you how you fare at the end of this season, um, hit, you know, drop a note through Twitter, through Instagram, through Facebook, uh, take those, uh, great end of the season photos, send them our way. Uh, Bob S at pheasantsforever.org. Love to see, uh, you and your bird dog enjoying the end of the season. Be safe, have fun, enjoy the finale, the ninth inning, the buzzer beater, the two-minute warning. I hope you win. I'm Bob St. Pierre for Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever saying always follow the dog, especially on the closing weekend. Something good is going to rise. Thanks, folks. <laughs>